Network News. Where we give you a new perspective on events happening in our world today. This is GNN. This is God Network News, Episode 59. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. This podcast is proudly listed at podcastpickle.com. Greetings once again, God Network News fans. We have another fantastic interview and testimony with a very wonderful man named Rick Love. And he is named correctly because he has a lot of love in his heart and especially for Muslims. As you know, many of us have been suffering around the world at the hands of radical Islamists and uh, terrible things happening around the world. And in the midst of that, we would be tempted as God's children uh, to hatred, resentment, and um, bitterness. But... Jesus tells us to love instead. And so here is Rick Love with this testimony. I was in a mosque recently with a group of Christians at a Love Your Neighbor dinner. And uh, pastor spoke about love your neighbor from Christian perspective, the imam about uh, love your neighbor from a, a Muslim perspective, and we had a time of Q&A. And a Christian raised his hand and said uh, to the imam, what can we do to work towards peace? And the imam paused, looked out at the crowd, and he said, follow the gospel, obey the gospel. That's the best thing you can do. And uh, Calvin, that's kind of transformed my mind. Uh, certainly I knew that. But here's what I've experienced with uh, Christians and Muslims and their kind of interaction. There's so much fear, as you know, with um, terrorism and these kind of issues. Um, but Islam and terrorism must be radically differentiated. The majority of Muslims are not terrorists, as you know, uh, but what is, what's significant, I heard uh, Joseph Cumming of Yale University say this once. He said, you know, we're, we will differ on our understanding of Islam because you know, uh, it's so diverse. We're going to differ on our understanding of Islam, but we can agree on what Jesus taught and how we're to respond to Muslims. So it's very clear. So because of this, uh, we, we want to ignite a, a revolution among Christians, and we're calling it the uh, Radical Love Campaign. It's part of a, a Grace and Truth movement. You know, uh, Muslim-Christian relations have been characterized for centuries by violence, and fear, and distance, uh, which is actually very opposite of the way Jesus taught us to live. But our Lord said, 
time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. And his kingdom is not brought about by the sword, but by submission to the Prince of Peace. And so we want to facilitate a peace movement, a, a new Uh, a change in the hearts of churches everywhere. So we are challenging churches everywhere to join the Radical Love Campaign. We're looking for one million followers of Jesus to join us in this pledge. And here's here's the pledge, Calvin. I will repent of hateful feelings and pursue love. I will pray for Muslims that God will bless them and that they will experience His peace. I will respectfully share the good news of God's kingdom. I will develop a friendship with at least one Muslim. I will do one act of kindness for a Muslim family in this year. I affirm the principles of grace and truth. I will not spread negative stereotypes about Islam, but will season all my words with grace. I will champion this cause, armed only with love, truth, and good deeds. So, Calvin, what we're trying to do is to mobilize, to catalyze one million people in the world to make a few practical steps. Uh, to many people, this is not radical love, but for the average Christian around the world who struggles with terrorism, fear of Muslims, uh, ignorance, etc., this would be a campaign that, that uh, is radical and it is a campaign of love. So we're, we're very excited about this. One of the things it says here, uh, we want people to affirm the principles of grace and truth. Now, the, the grace and truth, uh, we call this the grace and truth movement. Uh, it, it was birthed out of an international gathering uh, in Africa a number of years ago. And it, it basically, we came up with nine affirmations. Um, I don't need to read them all now, but again, it, it goes back to the principle. We can differ on our view of Islam, but it's clear what Jesus taught. Uh, and so we're, we're challenging people in the grace and truth uh, document to, uh, for example, to be Jesus-centered in our interaction. We want to be respectful and bold in our witness, uh, peaceable and uncompromising in dialogue, but loving toward all, whether it's neighbors uh, or even enemies. Um, and I think it's clear, actually, that uh, Muslims are not our enemies. And I think it's significant, though, that we're to love even our enemies. You uh, mentioned once when you were describing this new movement that integrity in our witness was really, really vital. And that really hit me. That really struck me. I, I wonder if you could share a little bit more about that and how that fits in with this whole uh, new love movement. Mm. Well, I think Christians all over the world either fear Muslims or those that are engaged with Muslims act as if they're on this covert mission. And they have to be undercover for Jesus. And, and I just reject that. I, I praise God for anyone who wants to love Muslims and witness to Muslims. But I feel God is calling his people uh, to greater integrity, authenticity, no covert mission, and no hatred, fear, and pulling back from Muslims, but engaging them in modeling radical love of Jesus. That's great. Christians or, or anyone who has a relationship of fear tends to dehumanize the people they fear or the people they dislike, or the people they're ignorant of. Uh, and so Christians have dehumanized, have demonized. We, we make all Muslims uh, into terrorists, and therefore we, we hate them or we're fearful of them. Uh, and that has been Satan's great scheme in any time in history. 
whether it's against uh, the Jews, uh, blacks in, in America, Native Americans, you know, from around the world. Whenever there's been racial conflict or religious conflict, it's because we dehumanize and demonize the other caricatures and, and these kind of things. And so a key part of the radical love campaign is to get people to make concrete little steps. I will develop a friendship with at least one Muslim. See, I think immediately organizationally, one of the things we do, we have, a, it's called a peace feast. We organize it so a, a group of uh, people, and it's not just Christian, whoever would like to come, we invite them to a Muslim restaurant, a Muslim-owned restaurant. We tell, we, we work it out with the owner. We say, we're going to come in on Tuesday night. We call this a peace feast, and these are people maybe that are fearful of Muslims. So you come in and you eat um, Muslim food, which most people love, <laughs> and Middle Eastern food especially. And we also done it in a Pakistani restaurant. So Pakistani slash Indian food, they love that. So the point is, a peace feast, it, it's a little step, but we, we bring people in, they, have the, they eat the food, then the owner often speaks a little bit, we ask them some cultural questions, and then the leader from Peace Catalyst International, usually Jim Mullins, our vice president, will stand up, and he has a topic. Like, we went to one restaurant that was um, owned by an Egyptian, and so when the Egyptian Revolution took place... Uh, we talked about Egypt, the revolution, and used that as a bridge. When we went to the Pakistani restaurant, we had a little quiz on Pakistan. How many people? And just to, to inform people of the country and to meet uh, the owner and, and some of the, the workers there. So it's a, it's a very small step. People love it. And, of course, because we go to these restaurants ahead of time, we want these restaurants to prosper. You know, Jeremiah 29 7 says, seek the peace of the city where I've sent you. And so we see it our role in Peace Catalyst International, seeking the peace of the city, trying to bless these restaurants, get people involved. So it's a wonderful, it is a peace feast. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's one practical way. Another thing we do is what we call love your neighbor dinner, as I illustrated from the beginning of our conversation here. Uh, we get a, a church and a mosque together and they discuss the theme of what is love your neighbor from a Christian perspective and a Muslim perspective. Then we have mm. a meal together. Of course, the key is the meal, breaking bread, uh, getting to know each other. And when we've done those things, um, the, the first time we did a love your neighbor dinner, our pastor was speaking about uh, love your neighbor, of course, from a Christian perspective. And when he said, and we have not loved you, we have not been good neighbors to you, will you forgive us? He said that at the mosque, you could hear a pin drop. That just like the spirit, just of, of peace came in, and then Muslims are so open. And later, uh, the pastor's wife said this: this was an absolute uh, watershed event for us. They never really met Muslims, and in this context, they could hear. They watched them pray. Uh, so, those are just two of the things that we do. We have this this uh, peace feast, and then love your neighbor dinner. Uh, we do another thing called quick to listen. And if you can get like eight to ten people who are committed to obey what the scripture says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and then you go in and, and you're able to ask any questions you want, both sides, the Christians can, the Muslims. And so the leader, uh, so our, our guy go, will go to the mosque ahead of time and, and talk to the uh, 
imam and, and group and say, we both want freedom to ask these kind of questions, but we do it respectfully, quick to listen. We want to carefully listen and be respectful. So that is another smaller way, like a small group in a church could uh, go to a mosque or the mosque they meet somewhere, have their own peace feast. Something that I recently heard about on the news, I think it was on Fox News, they did a, uh, a whole uh, interview of a church in the United States who had actually opened their church building for some Muslims to have a place to pray, to yes. come and pray. And I, I guess myself, I was so surprised at the somewhat negative feelings that people were expressing about, oh, how terrible that is. You're opening the sacred God's, God's <laughs> house to these, you know, pagans yeah. or whatever, you know. And I thought, wow, what a great thing and what a great way to connect and to be able to share God's word. They're coming into God, you know, into, into God's house there. And, you know, there's Bibles all around and all this kind of stuff. You know, what a great opportunity. So I, I, I think those kind of things are really cool. It should be done more, really. It's too bad, I think, uh, especially in the U.S. in the last 20 to 30 years, there's been such a change in our, through immigration, uh, demographic change. And so uh, all of a sudden, we do have Muslim neighbors and Hindu neighbors and uh, different ethnic groups. And um, while the U.S., at least in the U.S., the Constitution says that we're all created equal, and, yeah. and it kind of sets the stage for freedom of religion in a, in a pluralistic society, uh, affirming diversity, freedom of religion for all. But it's a lot easier to have that in theory than to, to live it out. And so I find a lot of Americans don't know how to be good neighbors. Mm. And, and that's really Christianity 101. Mm. And that's why the Radical Love Campaign is so significant. Um, I was thinking the other day... and. The parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, it has Jesus being asked questions. He's being tested. And uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he, he, Jesus wisely says, well, how do you read the scriptures? And he says, love God, love neighbor. You know that. And then Jesus says, go do this and you will live. Well, most evangelicals say, wait a second, we really don't believe that. Uh, wait, he just asked about eternal life and love God and love neighbor. That's not the gospel. Wait. And so we... we and it's okay. Certainly, we want to read, run to Paul or run to other teachings in the gospel. Amen to that. But Jesus did say that. So you might not like it, but we need to take it very seriously. That loving God and loving neighbor is, is the way of life. So it is Christianity 101. And we need to learn to love, to live with our neighbors and love our neighbors. Letting them worship in our buildings or help them. In, yeah. That is just the basics. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I I really love this message, and I was talking to someone the other day um, who had listened to you speak, and I was saying, you know, since nine eleven, and maybe before that, but certainly since nine eleven, I haven't really heard anybody. I've heard a lot of messages coming out, <laughs> you know, and a lot of strategies, and a lot of you know how to deal with Muslims around the world and this and that, but I haven't heard too many people saying let's love these guys into the kingdom mm, mm. and i i think that should that should be our first strategy mm. like you say this is this is uh you know christianity 101 yeah. and uh frankly i think 
the devil really has no weapon against love. He really doesn't. I mean, God's love, you know, real love, coming in that opposite spirit, so to speak, uh, is going to knock down a lot of barriers that the devil has even been trying to bring yeah. up uh, between between us. So I'm really excited about this campaign and excited about what you guys are doing. And so you're planning on having a website up for this that we'll be able to go to? Well, basically, the, the campaign is going to consist of a number of practical things. We, we want to translate this call to action, some of those practical steps, into many different languages. Uh, we're going to have a, at least one promotional video and then probably lots of little videos or YouTube selections showing different components of what it means to love. For example, there's little steps and principles, but we're hoping the promotional video can show very poignant uh, acts of love by Christians maybe that have been persecuted or in different contexts. I, I heard a story of a woman in a Southeast Asian country uh, who is a Christian surrounded by Muslims. Some Muslims were going to come and, and burn the church and she stood in front of the, the church building and she stood in front of the church building and said, you will not burn this or if you do, it'll be over my dead body. And her boldness, uh, they backed away, and then others actually came in, other Muslims then. You know, the good Muslims came in and protected her. But it was a beautiful example. She was willing to lay down her life there. But what was significant is then her heart. She said, I forgive them, and I want to love them. So we're, we want to have lots of stories of uh, radical love. Some of these little steps are, are, are fine for people that... Uh, don't know Muslims, but we want this to challenge people at all levels. So we will have many languages, a promotional video, many YouTubes. We will have a website. And our goal is uh, to get the website up and, and have this thing translated and ready so that on September 11th, on the 10-year anniversary of 9-11, we can uh, formally begin the Radical Love Campaign. Mm. Uh, you know, this this will ignite revolution of love and... Um, that's what happens when you follow the one who is full of grace and truth. This is the good news. The good news of God's Son, Jesus Christ. send his son into this world to condemn it, but to save it. This truly is good news.
was through what his son did that God cleared a path for everything to come to him. He has done this through the death on the cross of his own body. And now, as a result, Christ has brought you into the very presence of God. The only condition is that you fully believe the truth, standing in it steadfast and firm, strong in the Lord, convinced of the good news that Jesus died for you. This is the wonderful news that came to each of you and is now spreading all over the world. This has been and always will be the good news.